0: And welcome to the show of CEO Coach. Love doing these podcasts. Today, we're going to talk about what to do first. Congratulations, you've made it into an incubator, or at least you've put a stake in the sand and decided it's time to start your own business. So whether you've left a job, have just fallen out of school, or haven't even left school, I find that the same things are critically important for everyone who's just beginning a business. What to do first. So let's get a to-do list. This is a checklist. This will help you get started. If you start with a checklist, you're more likely to keep it going. And if you keep it going, you will be a whole lot more productive every single day of your business life and beyond than if you don't. So here we go. First thing, get team in order. It really isn't setting your accounts and your books and this and that. It really is about getting your team in order. No business is built alone. Let me repeat that one. No business. Is built alone. So, if you're listening to this podcast and thinking you're going into business and you're going to do it without partners, one more time, your business is not going to be built alone. So, what does your team look like? First of all, you may have partners. For those of you with partners, we'll discuss that first. To determine who's going to do what, three people putting together business and three equal parts, and you might divvy up the roles, but it's going to be a third, a third, a third. It's a mess. Don't do it. Determine first. Who's going to have the last say? This is kind of a benign dictatorship at the beginning. It's okay to have the concept of democracy. We will all look at this. We will all consider it. Yeah, that's a good idea. But somebody's going to have to put down that final foot, that final anvil, and lay that thing in the ground and say, that's the way it's going to go. If you don't determine who that person is... Under each specific role model, or role piece rather, you're going to have trouble. Somebody's got to be the CEO. Somebody has to step up to the plate and take it. The role of a CEO, the primary role, is to build value for the company. So again, I'll repeat myself. The primary role of a CEO is to build value for the company, nothing else. That means when you look into it deeper, right, what does it mean to build value for a company? It means that you provide the direction of where that company is going. It's your job to climb the highest mountain and get on top of the highest tree and shout to everybody else who is whacking away at the weeds in the bottom, wrong mountain. It's your job as a CEO to determine the competitive landscape and to keep abreast of it. That's why CEOs go out and have so many meetings. It looks like they're not working. They're out there beating bushes of their colleagues, their competitors, their advisors and mentors all over the industry looking to see who else is out there. Because trust me, there are always five bright guys behind you doing what you're doing and you don't know who they are. It's important for you to find out. You bring that knowledge back to the general office and then you determine which mountain we're going to go after. As a CEO, again, building value for your company means, one, knowing what you're going to, which direction you're going to take, and that requires what direction is everybody else taking. And just because there's somebody else in the field doesn't mean you go, you know, go away and do something else. It might mean you go head-to-head and compete, but you have to make that decision, and you don't do it alone. You check in with your team partners, that's okay, but in the end, it's your job to say which direction. The second thing is, it's your job to make that statement, to make the argument, and to support your ideas about where you're going, what the competitive landscape looks like, and how you're going to beat or win it to investors. It could be a bank that's going to give you a loan. That's a debt instrument. It could be investors like angels or vcs or even family. Those are equity instruments. So equity means they have a piece of business. Debt means you simply pay them the cash back. Most people like equity, but in the end that is actually better and much cheaper. We talk about that on other podcasts here. So continuing on with the roles. Determine what roles your partner or partners will play. Determine whose idea it was originally, who is better suited to be that CEO, to determine where this company will go and which direction it's headed, and who can defend it in front of investors. Other partners, partnering companies and press. That's your CEO. The CEO. A COO would be a chief operating officer, the person to whom it's entrusted to run the day-to-day office and business, determining where will the office be and making that final decision, and uh, how to manage the team, and how to hire and fire and this and that, and creating employee handbooks over time, and so on and so forth. In the beginning, a COO simply wears all of the other hats, they pay the bills, they manage the accounts, they, so they're kind of a CFO portion there, right, bookkeeping, and then they manage things like uh, you know, the office requirements and so on, and then they manage things like process, I don't know, uh, utilities, where will you get hosting and uh, they'll work with whoever's in technology in your office if you have yet a third person to do that. They'll make decisions around that by finding, again, a competitive landscape around all of those elements. In this case, you're the buyer, though. You want there to be a lot of comp- uh, competition in whatever it is you have to do. You'll decide which cell phone provider you're going to use and all kinds of other things. Right. So that role in that case is administrative office. And then you'll be doing things like marketing in all probability as well how to message stuff how to formulate the ideas of the ceo into things and it may also be your ideas along with the ceo into things that are codifiable in other words how will you present it on your website maybe sales sheets will you go to this conference or something else right your ceo will be talking to you about that sort of thing there will be partnership around it but it's your job to figure out yeah this makes the most sense financially but we really don't have that much rope we'll do the other thing you'll figure it out all right so know what your roles are first determine who puts the final foot down if there's two it makes it a little easier to sort that out but if there's three or four right it's critical to sort that out find out also about time commitments so many of the troubles i hear about not the very youngest CEOs, not young in age necessarily, but new to uh, entrepreneurship, is that they don't really know whether everybody is putting their shoulder to the wheel equitably, or they kind of have this unhappy idea that maybe that isn't so. You should have figured that out way before. It's okay. People have other commitments. Somebody may be working full-time and can only put about 10 to 20 more hours of their week into a startup, but they may be the one that's making the startup possible. I'm working with a new, C, uh, you know, startup right now that has exactly that issue. The partners are spouses. She is working full time. He is working full time on the project. But without her income, it is impossible for him to work full time on the project. They would go into debt way too quickly. They've saved some. They know they're putting that into the business. But you've got to figure it out. Does the one who works full time get any? Less equity in the business over time. Those kinds of things become important, especially if it's not a spousal relationship. Figure that out. All right. Once you know the relative time commitments and you've determined who gets what piece of it, you no longer have this thing that says, okay, there's three partners. We get a third, a third, a third. It's like, no, no not really. I'm going to put in 80 hours a week uh, to start with, and these guys are going to put in somewhat less. Over time, maybe that will change, and you can readjust those things over time time but figure that out i would strongly urge you as you set up these very first uh distributions of the value of the corporation generally known as stock right to determine what you're going to be doing this week right things can change in a few months if you get funded things could change in a few years if you get funded or if you get a great deal of traction and you simply don't need funding or some combination therein right it could change but for the moment Divvy it up so that you take about, say, 30 maybe 40% of your company and divvy that up between the one, two, three, four of you, whatever it is, and sort out equitably how much you'll get today. Over time, you have the rest of the 70% that you didn't use, or maybe 60 if you want to take lots now and sort that out. I would say reasonably about 10% per person in total so again if you got three people you're using 30% but that doesn't mean you get 10 10 10 it might mean that one of you gets about 15 and the other two get you know the remaining piece you've got to figure it out based on what you're doing today and you've got 70% left over later to top up those people who may be putting in a lot more effort or value as time goes on it makes good sense And it gives you a lot of flexibility. So unallocated stock is something you should be thinking about pretty early on as you look at time commitments. And then finally, look at the future roles. And we'll take a break here at CEO Coach right now. And when we get back, we're going to look at what do future roles look like of the original founders. Getting clarity around that will make you a far more successful startup. This is Jillian Nisig at CEO. CEO Coach and we'll be right back.
2: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this.
0: Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day?
2: Take a bow to the largest link map in the world, Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sword with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. WebmasterRadio.fm Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm
0: And Welcome back. This is the second half of our show and it gets exciting from here. We're talking about what to do first, your checklist. You've started a company. You've joined an incubator. This is pretty hot stuff. Number one, get your roles right. If you're not starting it alone and you never really do, right? find out what your partners are doing. If you don't have partners, find out who your mentors will be, who will be supporting you along the way. Right. Make sure... Sure that you get those mentors and get them early. Trying to put something together yourself, just get your heads rolling around in itself. It's really bad news. It's like hallucinating. Get out there, find other CEOs doing complimentary things, meet with them, see what their issues are, get in touch with people who are the next stage above you. All right? If they're a little bit larger, they will show you where the stones are and you can walk on water. Make sure that happens. Number two, get sure, make sure of your mentors. Mentors would be people not just who are CEOs who have walked your path, but those who are in your industry who have a lot of power. The more power, the better. If you're in biotech, you want, I don't know, physicians and researchers and people who have published great documents and invented extraordinary things. You want those people on your board of advisors. You don't need a board of directors yet. You need a board of advisors. Right? So just get your collection advisors together. Later, we'll worry about creating boards. That's your number one thing. You don't build it alone. Find out those people who can help you. Number two, time commitments. Make sure the people who are funding it founding it with you, right? these are your partners. Right? Make sure you know what kind of time you're each going to be putting in, what kind of efforts, and maybe what kind of money one or two or more of you will be putting in. And then determine how you're going to divvy up stock. Leave huge amounts of stock open. 60 and 70% unallocated. This helps you top up others as you go along as well as having stock ready to share with future investors without having to then dilute the ones who are already there and this and that. Just leave it unallocated. So much safer and healthier. The next thing is figuring out the future roles. It isn't just about the time commitment and topping things up. It's about understanding what you will do in the future if you have say three of you one is going to do marketing the other one's going to do technology be a CTO right and the other one's CMO and then there's a CEO well that's pretty cool except the CTO of a tiny little three-person company is significantly different in mindset talent and skills than a CTO of a very fast-growing company or even the CTO of a major corporation in third stage development in other words a I don't know, thousands of people working there and it's been structured and so on. Very different skill sets. If you give away the CTO position too soon, you may find yourself in kind of a funk there. You can do it. It might be a good idea and it might feel good to the person you're about to give the CTO position to, but make sure there is real clarity, possibly written clarity around the fact that this role is given for maybe the space of a year or until company reaches x number of dollars at which you all agree you will hire another cto who already has experience in building a team from say one or two or three people which the initial cto may be able to manage to a team of 100 people being a great coder even a de- designer and a coder even a designer and author and a coder right not a jack of all trades but a master of all of them does not make you a good manager at some point, each of you will manage others. Make sure you're ready for that. The same kind of scenario goes for your CMO, maybe even your COO, operating officer. Right? doesn't necessarily mean because you can manage all this stuff today that you will manage people well or and processes well in the future. So make sure you've got that set up in advance and real clarity around it. That's your first checklist. And guess what? That's just part one. Then we get around to setting up accounts and books. That's actually a whole lot easier. This one is just getting the stuff done. So determine who your bank will be. If you are already receiving funding from beyond something like friends and families, maybe uh, already at angel investment and so on, Start asking other CEOs who they're using, other CEOs in your sector. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, whatever. Those are kind of standard banks. Yeah, you can start there. But very quickly, move into the kind of banking systems that support startups on fast growth track. In other words, act like you are what you want to become. I think they call it fake it till you make it. It's not really faking it. It's setting yourself up for success. So at SEOmoz, for example, we use Silicon Valley Bank. I know an awful lot of folks who do. There are many other banks in this sector, and many of them are aching for our business too and making very good pitches. There are plenty to choose from, but specifically you're looking for a bank that focuses on fast-growth startups. They recognize the amount of lead and leash you need in terms of borrowing capital. They have reasonable payback periods, flexibility of moving money from here to there in order to manage the cash flow requirements of fast-growing startups. This does not mean you can pay play fast and loose with cash it doesn't mean they're any easier to deal with if you will uh in terms of uh you know being responsible financially so don't expect to scam anybody that way these are really very well run banks but they understand startup and it makes a big difference so look for that and look for it early ask the colleagues who are at a stage ahead of you who do you bank with are you pleased what are your biggest challenges where else shall i look if you don't Have an incubator that you've joined, so you can ask the incubator guys. That's really great. You can even call VCs. You can call them up and speak to the junior clerk there because there doesn't matter. I often tell you don't speak to anybody at a venture capital firm unless it's really the top decision, guys. In this case, it doesn't matter. Call anybody over there and say, who do you recommend your people bank with? I'll bet the person answering the phone will know that. That's an important thing. Next, set up your accounting software, the standards are things like Intuit and QuickBooks and so on. That's perfectly fine. You can do all kinds of things. You can choose to do it with online access, a subscription-based service, or you can do it with downloadable stuff. I'm still kind of iffy about it. I mean, I've subscription-based to services, I really love them, and I use an awful lot of them. Somehow, I kind of like the downloadable version still, but I think I'm an old-fashioned. You decide however it works for you. The advantages, of course, of uh, a software that is not necessarily downloadable and, and resident only on your machine is the standard stuff of any cloud-based subscription service. It means you can access it anywhere. So pretty cool. Um, but then you get a monthly rent for it. You pay a monthly subscription. You make your decisions over time. One of the neat things about accounting software is you do not need the latest version. Here's something most people will tell you uh, will not tell you. And you don't have to upgrade it every darn year you could get yourself a used version over on i don't know ebay or amazon or whatever it is as long as it's a legal pro- uh, you know copy and it's all above board you can get those you can install it you can keep it it's cheap over time as you're able to afford more then it might be a real good idea to get that subscription service do pay the monthly fee and have the latest and greatest at all times the very first systems you set up for your accounting are incredibly simple what do- did I make what did I spend and often you didn't make a thing yet but you are putting money in you've to acknowledge it account for it if you have partners you have to figure out who did it you have to make sure that clear books are kept on who put what in this will create the basis of the value of the uh, for their you know uh, reporting when they get to the taxes and that brings us to the next piece you've got to be very clear in your accounting and choose something that will flow instantly into tax accounting software. This will save you a fortune in bookkeeping fees, accounting, and so on. It may be that you decide instantly you're going to hire a bookkeeper. This is not your realm and not the realm of any of your partners should you have them. That's okay, too, but you will still spend a whole lot less money on your bookkeeping fees, whoever you choose, if you have good, clear accounting software that you vaguely understand, if not better, so that you know what to present to your accountant and or your bookkeeper and you know exactly how to make that flow to the tax software. So again, it remains as inexpensive as possible to get your things done every year until you start making serious money and then you don't mind so much paying for more uh, complex accounting fees. Okay, so that's step number two. Finally, I would say it's time to clarify your passion and get clear around your message. That's interesting, isn't it? I didn't put that in number one. What I'm really saying is make sure you have a business to build before you start looking at the business itself. So what I've asked you to do is make sure you've got your team in place, clear understanding between the members of the team about what's going to happen, then set up your finances and make sure you have absolute ironclad clarity around them. It'll save your fortune later, trust me. And then clarify your passion around your business and get clarity around your message why how what there is a wonderful ted talk out there by sinek you should go see it how, uh, why how what it's a ted talk about how to get your message clear not just as you say it but in your head i'll put the link for that into our facebook page at ceo coach underscore podcast again facebook C E O. CEO Coach underscore podcast. We're going to take one more break here at CEO Coach and we come back. We're going to wrap up and talk about how to get clarity around the passion and message, not just among yourselves, but around those who may potentially invest in your company. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be right back.
2: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors.
0: How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com.
3: WebmasterRadio.fm has compressed thousands of podcasts and all of our radio shows into the ultimate internet marketer's knowledge base introducing the new webmasterradio.fm mobile app absolutely free and now available for iphone and android users listen to our live broadcasts at the push of a button or access our complete archive of shows past and present like seo 101 affiliate buzz the shoe money show the daily search cast and so much more Read through our blog for continuous industry news and programming updates and socialize with us through all of our social media channels, including Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and YouTube. Download the new webmasterradio.fm mobile app, a must-have for every Internet marketer on Earth. Download it now from the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store today
2: webmasterradio.fm get addicted get ahead we're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach only on webmasterradio.fm
0: okay we're back I've already entered that link for Simon Sinek's TED talk wonderful TED talk about getting clarity around your passion and your message and that would be about why how and what you can find it at facebook.com/slash facebook.com, CEO coach podcast. Again, facebook.com/ceo coach podcast, all one word, and uh, check that out. This is really the gist of Simon's message. What he says is that most people talk about what they're going to do and then how they're going to do it and then why you should buy it. It's really the other way around. It's why you do what you do. I talk about that an awful lot. It's about passion around your work. At the very broadest level, I have extraordinary passion around the work of entrepreneurship itself. I'm a firm believer that if we're going to get out of this economic morass, never mind, all kinds of other morasses around the world, not just around one's country, it's going to rely on not just the volume or the resurgence of entrepreneurship, which we are seeing but the nature of it so knowing that you're going to build a business here that you want other people to become passionate about it you want your customers to be loyal and passionate about buying only your stuff that you want employees who will really put their shoulder to the wheel and be amazing uh, parts of your organization not just worker bees and that you want investors to become passionate about it and put their money on the table and say yes we're willing to build this you have to get clear really early like right now, that's number three on your checklist. So you and your team, I'm going to assume that you're going to have partners now. Uh, those of you that don't as well, I would get out there and get mentorship around it, talk to other CEOs and see how they message these things. But, you know, I, I talk about this a lot at SEO Moz, right? We made software that was an esoteric B2B uh, piece of software sold to people whom we would never meet. They spend their lives in front of computers, right? It doesn't get much more esoteric. Than that doesn't get much more, I don't know, separate and, and elusive than that. But we managed to build an extraordinary community, a powerful community of people all over the world who are incredibly passionate around Moz, being Mozy and being tag-fee. Right? That is something you can build, whether it's B2C, right? Something around Harley Davidson, for example. Right? Harley Davidson has a really passionate audience of buyers and users of their product. Those people tattoo the name Harley Davidson onto their bodies. That's extraordinary passion around it. Figure out what it is that you do that will create passion. For me, creating companies in themselves as you get up in the morning and say, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing something that people should be passionate about simply because I'm building a company that is worth working for and whose product is worth buying. I know somebody else is building products around helping financial planners do this uh, retirement-type planning or wealth management planning or all kinds of things like that to do their jobs better. How do you get passionate around that? Well, if you help those people do it better, they can help that many more people to get it right, and you'll have that many fewer people in retirement age who have not planned well and who are care careful themselves, let alone leave something to their children and their children. You actually do improve lives. Look further down the road to determine your passion. This is Jillian Music, at CEO Coach. You've got now a checklist of three major things to do with three things underneath each one of them. Look at that. And you can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm and through iTunes. Till next week.
3: are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
1: At Parker, our
0: purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward.